Hello, you have reached the A Friend For You podcast. Greg Rice is your host as we come together. The point of the podcast is to share my friend Jesus with you. We are going to look through the Bible to find out why it is so important to know Jesus. Once a month, we will be having a special guest join the podcast for a session we are going to call A Friend of a Friend For You. We will be finding out how others are sharing Jesus with others. You are now a part of a movement of people across the country and around the world that are Jesus followers seeking Jesus followers. Now, get involved and send a message back to Greg and let him know what you think, and then find three friends to share the podcast with. Now, here's our host, Greg Rice. Welcome to the A Friend For You podcast. We are jumping into episode number five, which we are calling It's Good to Do Good. As a listener, you are a part of a movement of believers and friend seekers. In fact, we now have listeners in 18 states and five countries. And I'm excited today that we're going to have our first friend of a friend for you on the podcast. But before we do that, I would like to give a few shout outs to some of our listeners. Mike, he said that the message this past uh, podcast was very touching to his heart. Rich said that he thought the teaching about the woman at the well was very deep. (laughs) That's pretty funny, Rich. Uh, Deb was thankful for the encouragement after a difficult few days. Joel spoke of struggling to be all that he should be, but he prays for Jesus to help him daily. Joe says he thanks uh, me for doing the podcast because it's it's having an impact in his life. Randy shared how he and his family have been able to be salt and light, just like our friend Jesus. Keep those thoughts coming, and you just might end up on one of our shout outs. Today, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. Paul is going to talk about doing good to all. Generosity is the common theme throughout the Bible, and God demonstrates his generosity by sending Jesus, his only son, to be a sacrifice for us. Jesus gave his life for us. To be like our friend that sticks closer than a brother, we need to know and exercise generosity. Now, this is where I have to be honest and say that generosity is not a strength of mine. But that will bring us to our very first friend of a friend for you. I've been blessed throughout my life to have many friends who ooze generosity. Sometimes it's easy to be jaded by the corruption all around us. But at a friend for you, I want to learn to be like Jesus, and I can't do that without generosity. Today, I have the honor and privilege of introducing my friend and the very first friend of a friend for you, Alan Whittington. About three years ago, I moved to Van Wert, and I moved in next door to Alan and his wife, Teresa. Uh, To make things even a little closer, Alan and Teresa were the ones who had the house that we now live in built. Um, since that time, we've shared a garden uh, in, in the backyard and, and uh, have done some projects together. And I say share, really, Alan does a majority of making that garden be uh, anything that it is. He's got a green thumb that I don't. Uh, Alan 
uh, you are one of the most giving people that I know. And when I say that, I mean that it's about so much more than just the joy of, of giving something so you feel good about yourself. I mean, I've known people who do that just to feel good about themselves. But for you, it just seems like a whole way of life. Uh, I've heard you discussing how you do projects or even jobs thinking of ways to try to help someone else. I mean, you've uh, time and again you hear of something that someone's trying to get rid of and you're like, hey, I know somebody that could use that table or I know somebody that could use it. And you're always thinking of other people and how you can, you can be generous uh, through what God allows you to get. And I, I think you personify the generosity of our friend Jesus. So let me say welcome to our podcast, Alan. And thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Well, good deal. There are so many things that you do to show generosity with your time and your resources. And I was wondering if we could just talk about just a, a few of those, maybe three of those, and maybe how you got involved with them. So uh, I know uh, one of the, op one of the uh, ministries that you've been involved with is Operation Christmas Child. Yes, and I got involved with Operation Christmas Child through our church. We've been doing that for several years now, and it just seemed like an opportunity for me not only to um, provide these toys and, and the Word of God, but also to be able to go to Nor uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, to be uh, personally involved in preparing these boxes for these kids uh, to go out and, and to their country. So you've actually made the trip to Charlotte several times now um, and have helped out uh, packing, not, not only doing shoeboxes yourself, but going there and helping to pack them to be shipped. Uh, and so you guys, how, how long do you guys go when you go on one of those trips? How long are you down there? We go for the full week. In fact, it's coming up uh, next, uh, first of the end of uh, November. It'll be a week. Uh, this year, I chose not to go. I uh, was planned on going, was signed up, and because of the COVID situation, I just felt like maybe it was not a good time of uh, this year to uh, go. So I, I will just continue to support them financially, and uh, hopefully next year I'll be able to go again. Good deal. That's that's one of the ways that I've I've heard. In fact, some of our earliest conversations were you talking about you you were down there for a trip and coming back and sharing how you got to be involved in some of those uh, preparing boxes and stuff. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, one of the other ministries locally that you have been involved with, a newer ministry, is Love Inc. And uh, uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved with that? Okay, Love Inc. is actually a national organization that works with uh, people that may be homeless or people who just have very little and uh, they need uh, things like uh, getting started, moving into town, uh, renting a place, and they have no furniture. So we have a uh, program set up that we have collected furniture from people in the community that didn't want it anymore and we store it here in town and the people that love uh, People who want to get involved in that, um, they can't just come up and say, I need a couch and chair. Uh, we ask them to get a little more involved, get a lot of information from them, a lot of personal stuff from them, 
and we ask them if they're uh, willing to follow through with all that. And if they are, we try to help them with some basic needs uh, to get their um, their house started. So uh, it's a very good program uh, for our community, and uh, it helps people get a, a fresh start if they've come down on their luck. Very cool. And you know, uh, I have to laugh. I, I can't think how many times, even in this past summer, you filled mm. your garage up with stuff and then taken a bunch of that over to Love Inc. And so it's neat how th some of your other jobs, uh, we won't mention any names, but you work with some some uh, realty firms and stuff and cleaning out some places and, and helping with some of those types of things, how that provides uh, some of these some of these uh, furniture pieces that people can use. And so it's been, it's been neat to see you uh, light up as you come back with a, another pickup load of stuff that you're going to give to, you know, give to somebody. That's so cool. Well, yes. And there are a lot of uh, parts to the love Inc. I just happen to be involved in the furniture or uh, I guess furniture and appliance sort of thing. Uh, I help pick that stuff up that people's donated and then we store it and then when the need arises uh, we go and get what they need take it to their house and and uh, introduce them to, uh, you know that what we're about and that uh, you know we tell them that Jesus loves you and and if there's anything we can do to help you in the future you know call us that has been cool. That has been cool. And then, then most recently, in fact, as recent as last night, uh, you've you've been uh, jumping in and been a part of a new men's shelter here in Van Wert called the Haven of Hope. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, Haven of Hope is a shelter for homeless men, and uh, it's new to Van Wert County. A lot of uh, people in our community didn't realize that we did have a large number of homeless people in town, uh, men, women, and children. So a couple years ago, uh, a group, uh, mostly churches, got involved and uh, formed this committee, and it just has come to tuition now. Um, a couple weeks ago, it actually has opened up, and uh, we're able to provide uh, a place for men to sleep, um, anytime that they may come into town or if they are uh, living in the area and may be sleeping um, underneath the bridge, which I just found that out this week that a young man said, uh, this place is much better than sleeping under a bridge. So uh, it has opened a lot of people's eyes. I knew we had homeless people, uh, but I guess I wasn't um, uh, aware of how many we have in town. So it's been quite interesting to, to uh, assist them and uh, talk to them about what um, actually Haven of Hope has. It's, it is a place for, for them to come in, sleep. It's not a place for them to stay, uh, uh, stay at all day and, and just sit around and talk. Uh, we try to get them to go out in the community. We, uh, we connect them with resources in town with finding a job uh, and hopefully in the future we can help them find uh, a place to live. We are closely uh, working with Love Inc. Uh, to try to find them a place to live and then of course we could uh, get some furniture for them if they need it. So it's been a very uh, enlightening 
uh, situation. And uh, for me, it has really opened up my eyes, especially recently we had a big bad storm and I thought the next day, uh, I'm sure happy that I'm not having to sleep under a bridge. Yeah, that was a nasty, windy storm. Um, now, I have to say something kind of funny. So, so this morning about 2.15 in the morning, I get a text message on my phone and here it's Alan and, uh, uh, and he's, he's going, uh, the homeless shelter, they, they have someone that's, that's one of their volunteers that's there overnight, just kind of making sure everything's okay. And, and so Alan has done that a, a few different times, uh, even as this is just recently, this, this just opened up uh, to the public two weeks ago. Yes. And so, yeah, so, and, and Alan's already jumping in and he was, he was there uh, helping last night, but about 2.15 in the morning, I got a text asking if there's anything good on TV. So, uh, unfortunately, I was at home and my TV was on, and Alan can see that from his window. <laughs> so, on his way out, he probably saw that, but I, I was laughing uh, pretty hard thinking about that. Um, let me say one more thing about these, these three ministries. Uh, one of the things that I have just started, in fact, just in the last couple of days, uh, I've brought online a Facebook page called the A Friend For You Facebook page um, that's going along with this podcast. If you'd like to get more information specifically on these ministries that Alan has talked about today, uh, I have links to their Facebook page on that Facebook page. So if you go to a friend for you uh, and on Facebook, uh, I know some of you don't have Facebook, but those who do, you can go there and you can find uh, all of these ministries and the ones that are international ministries, uh, it, it actually has to the local chapter, the local part of that, that uh, we've been talking about. So I encourage you to do that. Check that out and uh, look into these ministries. Great ways to get involved. One, one quick story. Operation Christmas Child, the shoebox uh, ministry, which is what you've been a, a big part of with that. Um, I, I, several years ago, was on a missions trip to... Mexico City and had some missionaries there that we knew and while we were there uh, we went to a small town called Mexico 86 which literally was built on top of a trash dump they brought in they brought in many 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 uh, dump truck loads of dirt put it over top of this humongous trash dump and then people built shacks on top of it It is basically a shanty town um, and it's gotten better since since this time. You know, I'm talking now. I'm talking several years ago. I was there. It's it's a little bit better conditions now, but it's pretty pretty tough conditions. While we were in the church, a couple of children came in that had been given shoeboxes, and it just meant the world to them. Somebody actually cared that they would never meet, cared enough to give them some some love, some some toys. Uh, couple of them had said they had never got to unwrap anything ever in their life and and so the the ways that we can help with that um and so every one of these ministries we could go on and on with story after story but uh uh such such good opportunities and you know we live in uh man when i was growing up in van wert we used to call van wert small podunk van wert and a small farming community kind of out in the middle of nowhere and if there's this many things happening right here to get involved in, then this is a small list. There's a lot of other things too. Saying that you can't find ways to be generous 
You're just not looking. And so, uh, Alan, I appreciate you sharing some of how you've been involved uh, in some of those ministries. And I want to say that, you know, I've really been fortunate enough to benefit from your giving nature as your neighbor. Uh, I mentioned before that you have a green thumb and we've shared some of the garden produce uh, some of the incredible vegetables and, and fruit that, that have, have came out. And, and you do so much of that work. I, I've been able to help a little bit more this year, and I'm trying to learn as much as I can. But uh, I, can't, I can't even say how often you've came over and you've given something to one of my boys or to me or our family, and you've just brightened, brightened our, li- our lives up, um, the lives of my family and myself. And... and I know uh, you're probably sitting there going, why in the world did I let this guy you know, bring me in and share all this stuff? That's not what this is about for you. You're not looking for recognition or anything. And I, I know that's the last thing that you want. But do let me say it's very much appreciated, man. You're, you're always there for so many people. And, and I appreciate all that you do. But on a deeper level, what my goal is here is I really want to help our listeners and myself to understand some of what makes your generosity tick. As someone who wants to be like Jesus, your Jesus generosity is a characteristic that I think we need to learn to be more like. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10 is going to be the passage of Scripture we're going to look at today. As I always do, I'm going to go through uh, a few verses at a time, and then we'll take some time to discuss those. But today I have the privilege of having Alan help me as we discuss some of these. So Galatians chapter 6, starting with verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So, um, breaking this down, uh, so often uh, I've been in the line of thought that those who were caught in a sin were there because they made their own bed, and now they have to live in it. Uh, But if we look at the passage The Greek phrase here translated caught in a sin has a different meaning. It's a person that was surprised or seized or overtaken, suddenly invaded, or even taken before he was aware. The implication here is that the person was caught up in something that they didn't intend to do. Uh, Sometimes circumstances or things come so fast that we just, before we even know what's happening, we end up in a bad position. Uh, Alan, you've been helping out with Haven of Rest. In fact, you stayed there last night uh, and and the newly uh, opened men's shelter there. Uh, isn't this a place for people who, you know, I, I've heard some people say, well, you know, they're slackers. They, they've ended up on the streets. They have drug and alcohol problems. Now, why, why should a person like me want to help these homeless guys? Well, for one thing, uh, many of these people do have drug and alcohol problems, whether it was intentional or they got caught up in a situation. Uh, we don't know that. So, um, and sometimes we just 
we get in situations that we're not aware of that or that we meant to be in. So uh, as Christians, I think that we, we don't judge. So we uh, look at these people as, uh, as you or I, and that we can maybe help these people get on the right track. So if a brother or sister is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. If the Son of God is in control of your heart and you, have, and you haven't fallen to a similar sin, then you should restore them gently. That means to set them on the right path, to bring them back to God's side, to recover that person from their errors or their faults. And this restoration should be done in a spirit of meekness approaching this person as a kind of forbearing, even a forgiving spirit, coming alongside to help that person out. So at Haven Arrest, Alan, this seems to be really what they're trying to do. They're trying to come alongside some of these guys that have got themselves in a place of not having any place to go. And they really need some place to start over. Uh, I would hope they could be pointed towards God's side, but if there's errors or flaws uh, then maybe uh, is, is this a place where they could find some, some help to overcome some of those flaws as well? Uh, that, is that part of what happens at Haven Arrest? That is the plan. And something that uh, struck me when we had the, uh, a speaker from another um, facility, his comment was, this is not about homeless men and men. This is about Jesus. And uh, yes, we, uh, our goal is to help these homeless people have a place to stay and just a place to stay overnight and to get out of the weather. Uh, but um, the, there are times when there are, their faults are not their own. But even if it, it is their fault or not, uh, we all make mistakes. We're born sinners, so uh, it's, it's going to happen to any of us. Uh, I look at it as I am maybe one day, one week uh, away from the same thing happening to them that could happen to me that has happened to them, either as, uh, of their fault or, you know, not their fault. It's part, part of it is circumstance. So I, I look at it that way that uh, these people need uh, a chance to start over. And if we can play just one little part of making some changes in their life, then it's well worth it. So throughout my ministry career and my life, it's been easy to kind of look down on others who end up in some difficult circumstances. But really, I need to be careful because I or, or we are not any better than anyone else. And we could just as easily end up in a in a similar situation. Um, looking at the scripture verse, we could easily be in a place where we fall uh, to the same temptations that could help someone end up being homeless, for example. But I remember when I was in college, uh, one of my professors would say it this way. By the way, this was a professor in a class that was to all people who were going into ministry. So a classroom full of people who were going to become pastors. Uh, and he said, greater men than you have fallen. And uh, that has never left me. 
Uh, next time that we, we think about judging someone for their faults, we better remember our own first. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that you don't help the person to get away from their struggle, but we need to help each other be accountable for our own actions. But we too must be accountable for our thoughts and our actions. Consider yourself that you don't fall. Uh, we're called in this passage to carry one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. In a sense, every man has special temptations that are easy for them to fall into. These become a burden. And we can aid each other, we can help each other out in regard to these temptations, and we can help each other to overcome them. The law of Christ is to love one another as I have loved you. If we are to love one another, we also need to help carry their burdens. Let's pick up at verse 3. It says, If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. So I have found that there just is something in the world that seems to put into the very spirit of man or, or maybe I should say differently, there's already something in the spirit of man that the world brings out of us in our innermost part that wants to be all that in a bag of chips. We want to be uh, superior. We want to be uh, more than we are. We want to be better than other people. There's just this desire to be at the top of our game. Alan, why do you think it is that we want to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to? Well, personally, I feel like I don't try to find myself better than anyone else or higher than anyone else. But I, something I see with uh, a lot of people, including Christians, is that we, we look at maybe things that somebody else has done and we look at that as maybe sinful, but we tell ourselves, at least I haven't done that yet, or I haven't done that. And um, I try not to put myself in that situation. People who use, uh, get, in, get involved with the drugs, uh, they tend to say that a lot. Is uh, well, I, at least I, I'm not that bad because I haven't done that yet. Particularly like uh, maybe done some street drugs. Maybe they've uh, just, uh, messed around with some prescription drugs. In my eyes, it's, it doesn't matter whether it's prescription drugs or whether it's street drugs. Uh, I wouldn't be any different than that person who lives on the street or are harmless, a homeless. Uh, it's just I'm not there yet. So um, I just, that's really, I guess, my take on it. So, um, by the way, I paused there for just a second. It's kind of funny. We're we're actually recording in my garage, and a bird just flew in, flew around the garage, and flew out. I don't know if you saw that while we were recording, but anyway, wow. When we think too highly of ourselves, God does something funny like that. Um, 
But, you know, it, I do think it's easy to look down on other people if we haven't found ourselves in the same circumstance yet. And it's so easy to get in those circumstances sometimes. But um, as I look through Scripture, I see people who are always wanting to be more than they are. It's, it's, and comparing to other people, they want to be all that. Um, but it goes way back to the beginning. Adam and Eve, why did they sin? Well, Satan said you can be like God. Uh, Lot, uh, Abraham and Lot, uh, Lot chose the prosperous land. Um, you go to the kingdom of Israel and Judah. King after king after king started uh, wanting to be right by God, but they ended up seeking wealth and power. And, and, and preacher after preacher, they go into ministry to follow a God-given call in their life, but they end up going after butts and bucks. You know, they go, they want to have the biggest church. They want to, in comparison to other people, they want to have the biggest numbers. They want to have, have the most money uh, so that they can feel that prestige. And so there's something about us that wants to, that wants to be more highly appreciated or recognized than everyone else. And uh, what was once about loving God and loving people becomes more and more about loving money and influence. Now, let me say this. All of us have this struggle in some way or another. We think we're something and really we're not. So don't be deceived. You are no different. You're no better than anyone else. You can fall into temptation just like anyone else. I love how you said that, Alan. Uh, even people that are are dealing with the uh, drug issues. They say, well, at least I'm not doing this. Um, and somehow when we compare ourselves to others, it, it uh, helps us feel better about ourselves. And the comparison game is so pervasive today. When you're on the top of your game, you get a haughty spirit and focus on about how good I am. And when you're not the top of your game, what do you do? You criticize those who are succeeding. Well, yeah, they're just succeeding because they did this or they did that. Instead, what we should be doing is comparing ourselves. Instead of comparing ourselves to others, we should take a critical look at our own actions. Test your own conduct. Review your own heart and actions. Then, then you can rejoice in yourself and not in another. You see, when you look at yourself through the lens of Scripture, and I think you were kind of getting at this, you never consider yourself higher than you should. When we look at ourselves in the lens of Scripture, we all always find ourselves lacking someplace in the perfection that we need to be godly. That's not saying we're bad people, but we, we've always got work to do to reach the standard that God would have for us. Rejoicing in yourself uh, as the verse says, we, we can rejoice in our actions. It's kind of an ironic way to put it because in ourselves, we're nothing. It's only when Jesus covers our shameful wickedness that we are good enough to go before the heavenly God. This causes no rejoicing in myself. What we have to do is we rejoice in Jesus. Now, I do need to say, not taking pride in myself does not mean that I'm not responsible for my own actions. At the end of the day, we have to carry our own load. And if, um, and if, there's, if there's something that the gospel teaches us, it's that I cannot carry my own load. 
Now, how does that work? I have to carry my own load, but I can't carry my own load. Well, that's why we need Jesus. I'm fully responsible to God for my actions, but that that makes my burden more than I can bear. And see, God and Jesus takes my burden and he gives me peace and eternal life through what he did for us on the cross. Paul, who is writing Galatians, then throws in that we should take care of and share every good thing with those who are sharing the word of God with us. There's an old and I feel sinful adage for for churches and pastors, and they say, God, you keep them humble and we'll keep them poor. And and we laugh at that now. I've I've known several churches, smaller churches, that that is what they feel. Hey, the preacher, if we gets too much money, he's gonna get too haughty. It's not God's way. If you are receiving from a preacher, you should share generously with them. Uh, Maybe it's fitting that this message is going to come out, at least I'm hoping it's going to come out, uh, during October. That's Pastor Appreciation Month. And I want, I want you to know, if you're receiving God's word from a pastor, you should share generously with them. And I think you should do it right now. Uh, if you're listening and you haven't done something for your pastor yet, uh, I would stop this recording and, and uh, pause this recording because you need to come back to it. Got more good stuff. But... Pause and find a way to bless your pastor. God will bless them and he will bless you for doing it. All right, picking back up at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul is saying, do not be misled either by your own thoughts or those of others. It does not matter how good you think you are. You are not going to be able to be any different than your true character. Don't think of yourself as different than who you are. Don't get too big for your britches. You're no better than anyone else. God cannot be mocked. Why is it that we think we can pull one over on God? He knows everything. In fact, you could say he knows everything about everything. He knows what we've done and he knows what we're going to do. And he knows the real reason why we did it. He knows us better than we do. We can't hide from our actions, our thoughts, or even our true intentions from him. There's an old adage that holds very true here. You can fool some people some of the time, some people all of the time, but you can't fool God. I don't know why it is that as intelligent people, we try to fool God. I mean, intuitively, we know we can't, but there's just something in us. We think, I can get away with it. God, maybe he's, he's doing something else. Maybe he's not paying attention. You know, when we've made our bed, we're going to have to lie in it. If we spend our time sowing and planting good crops, we'll reap a good harvest. If we sow weeds, that's what we're going to get. And God knows what we're sowing. So often we allow ungodly things into our life and doing so pulls us from being close to God. 
We need to focus on our motivation. Do we sow into our lives from our own flesh the things of this crazy world? This will lead to corruption. Or do we sow to the Spirit? This is going to lead to eternal life. Sowing takes work. It does not just happen. A crop does not ever just appear. We need to work to grow spiritually and to not appease our own flesh. Verse 9 tells us, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who bring to the family who belong to the family of believers. This is a verse that I think might have been written for people like me and Alan. I thank God and I think he very purposely put me into the place where I am right next door to you uh, so that I can have an example of someone who doesn't get tired in doing good. By the way, don't get a big head. I'm not saying you're perfect. But your giving nature is something that I continue to learn from. And so I uh, hope people have been able to hear your heart in that today. Verse 9 here tells us to not become weary in doing good. This is an undeniable component of the law of Christ. If you want to be like Christ, you have to do good and not get tired of doing good. That's God's will. So, Alan, let me ask you a question. Every day, it seems like you're always giving. Now, I know it's not every day. It just seems like quite often. I mean, you're always giving. This week, you've been running in five different directions to help people in several different situations. And yet, here you are joining us in the garage uh, to share your life with us. How do you give and give and give? You're always looking to do good. And how do you do that and keep from getting tired and doing good? Well, it's it's one of those things I think I struggled with um, all my life as far as giving. Um, every day I try to think of someone that I can bless and in return be blessed. So I try to think of something that maybe I can do. And I think for most of us, uh, if we sit and just think about it, we can find something that we could do for somebody. Some days it's a little struggle for me to um, find something or come up with something that I can, I can uh, do for somebody. Maybe very simple, or it may be something a little bit more challenging that I have to work toward. So I said a prayer most mornings, God, please find me somebody I can bless today. And I, by the time I get to the end of the day, I hope that I have blessed somebody. And once in a while, God reveals to me that, it's, that that was the blessing today. And some days maybe I don't uh, see it or look for it, but I think if we can uh, just ask God to uh, give us someone in our life for the day to bless, um, I don't get tired. If I'm tired of, of anything in particular, it would be just trying to think of something. Uh, but there's things out there that we can do. And it takes a little work. And I think after we do it for a while, 
uh, it gets better. I know it has gotten better for me because, for one, I'm retired from uh, a life career, and now I have more time for the things that uh, Greg has been talking about today. Uh, physically tired, yes, I get physically tired, but uh, I, the next morning I get up and think, okay, what can I, what can I do today? And uh, like this week, some days I feel like I've uh, maybe overextended myself a little bit, but uh, it's all worth it in the end. There you go. Uh, well, it is, it is incredibly admirable to see your heart to help people and how you're always looking. One of the things that I find is that reaping does not always happen immediately after sowing. Um, I'm sure you see that sometimes in your life, uh, that, that uh, some, some of the work doesn't pay immediate benefit. You help someone, and you don't see an immediate change, but then down the road you see it really did have an impact. Um, it reminds me uh, that there's always a time frame, kind of like in the garden, right, Alan? I know I'm still learning, but you don't, you don't slap a plant in the ground and harvest it the next day. Um, you, you know, there's fertilizing, there's watering, there's weeding, there's watching for infestation. Um, and then all of that comes before the harvest. There can be a lot of work, but there's hope that the harvest will be worth it all. And uh, I see you doing a lot of work, but the harvest of change that you're bringing to people, the harvest of, of uh, Jesus that you're bringing to people, lives changed, I think is, is truly worth it all. And the same is true here. We don't grow tired in doing good at the time of God. And at the time of God's choosing, we're going to reap a harvest if we don't give up. We don't get to choose when the harvest comes. I wish some of those peppers that are still out there on those plants would hurry up and come because it's starting to get colder and colder. They don't have much more. But we don't get to choose when the harvest comes. We are to continue sowing and working to further God's kingdom Jesus always did good, and he didn't faint. And, and we don't choose the harvest. We choose to follow the time of sowing when we have it. The word here translated weary is often translated faint. Jesus did good. He never was weary. We're to do good and not be weary. We don't faint. In other words, we don't allow ourselves to be overcome to the point that we lose sight of our consistent charge to do good. We will get a harvest of eternal joy, experiencing an internal life with God himself. That, that's what this harvest is. If we continue to sow good, if we continue to do good while we have the opportunity, the work we do sowing today leads to a harvest of heaven with God forever at the time God chooses. So while God has determined that it's, it's now the time for sowing, we need to take the opportunity to do good because that sowing time is not always going to be there. So take advantage of the time that we have. It's always good to do good. And, and as we have time. So God, please be with us and help. As Jesus has shown us to be good, please help us to be the good that you will allow us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Uh, and as we get ready to wind down our podcast today, I wanted to ask, Alan, do you have any final thoughts? You, you have such a heart for this. What would be your final charge for us today? 
Well, first of all, uh, I'd just like to say that it's always been a challenge for me uh, as far as giving. I knew from the very beginning that God gave me the gift of giving, and, um, and I've tried to do that. My challenge is, and I've shared this with Greg and other people, and I think a lot of people have this challenge, is that I'm not always sure that uh, the gift or the, the gift that I would like to give or share is coming truly from my heart, or is it from maybe a selfish reason? Uh, maybe I'm looking at what is this going to do for me? Uh, is this going to make me look better? And I think it's something that we've talked about just recently here. And so I try not to um, look at it as I'm trying to do something to make myself look better. So what I do is I pray about it, and at the next morning I get up and and I'm not that excited about it, or maybe maybe it wasn't God telling me this is what I needed to do. But if this if this is something that God really wants me to do, I will kind of get a little enthusiasm about it, and and so I look at that as okay, this is what God wants me to do. Maybe it isn't, but I look at it this way. God wants us to help people, whether we're looking at it as uh, what can it do for me or what am I going to do for others. My intention there is good, and God knows my heart. So I am challenged with how, um, how I'm perceived or it, it's perceived by others. But I know as long as I'm doing it for God's glory, then uh, I think I'm doing the right thing. One more thing, Greg, you've talked about me through this whole thing, um, but I just want to say that when Teresa and I uh, put our house up for sale and we prayed that God, if this is what you want us to do, you're gonna make this happen. Well, fortunately for us, our house sold in three days. We had no idea Greg and his wife was <laughs> gonna be the one who's buying it, but we knew right away that this was the thing we should do. And we have been so blessed to have Greg and Pam and the boys living next to us. Uh, he, he has shared things that he's learned from me, but it works both ways. We have both just, I think, fed off each other. And I am so happy that Greg and his family moved next door. And uh, I hope we can continue to just have this relationship that, to me, only God brought us together. Thank you, Greg. Well, thank you, Alan. It has, has truly been a blessing, um, and I think God had a purpose in mind when he allowed us to be iron sharpening iron next door to each other. As we sit in the garage, that seemed like a good place to go, uh, iron sharpening iron. So uh, thank you so much for being a part of our of our podcast today and sharing your thoughts and your heart uh, and and once again as a as a podcast our whole goal is to be more like our friend Jesus and uh, if you don't know Jesus my encouragement is to talk to somebody that's that is loving and giving and caring just like just like you see in Alan and those Jesus characteristics and see if they can help you to meet Jesus. So I wanted to encourage everybody one more time to take a quick look 
uh, at our new Facebook uh, page, A Friend for You on Facebook. Uh, you can find out about those ministries we talked about at the beginning. Uh, there's, their uh, Facebook pages are listed there, links to those, so you can go check them out for yourself. And uh, once again, find a way to get involved. Uh, this, this thing of doing good, um, there are times you have to look for it, but there's things to do all around us, and it's just finding in your heart what God wants you to do to be good. So, uh, again, thanks for being with us. What have we learned today, and why does it matter to me? We're going to take a quick review, and there's going to be 10 questions to make this personal. Apply what you've heard, and you will become more like our friend, Jesus. If you notice that someone is sinning, restore them gently and be careful that you don't fall into that sin yourself. We need to remember that we're no better than anyone else. No one can live a perfect life except for Jesus. So let's help each other to follow God like we should. Now I believe we're better together and if we carry each other's burdens, it's a load that we can all carry together. So question number one, who is holding you accountable? Question number two, who are you holding accountable? Question number three, how can you find burdens to help bear? These are great ways to get you into a community where you're helping each other to be who God has called you to be. It's easy to think too highly of ourselves. We should quit comparing ourselves to others and test our own actions. Now, I'm not responsible for the actions of others, but I am responsible for my own actions. Why is it so tempting to seek others with issues, (laughs) problems in their lives, to judge them just so we can feel higher or better about ourselves question number four is how do you find yourself thinking too highly of yourself Um, there are always ways that I look down at other people man well if they were like me they wouldn't do this well how do you think too highly of yourself question number five is how can we focus on our own responsibilities how can we not get distracted by others and their good deeds or their misdeeds but be focused on our own responsibilities and furthering the kingdom how foolish to think that we can fool God but God who knows everything will see to it that we get a harvest of what we have sown. If we plant from our flesh, it will end up in a disaster. But if we plant from the Spirit, it will last forever after. Question number six. When was the last time you thought, oh, God won't know. God, God's not going to see this. He's not going to see what's really going on. Maybe I can just slip this one under the radar. Um, Number seven is, where are you planting your flesh, your own desires in your life? Question number eight, where are you planting 
from the Spirit, those things that are going to last forever. So don't give up on doing good. That is God's way. We don't have forever. This life is a limited time offer, so we need to take advantage of our opportunities to do good. In fact, all the good that we can in the time that we're given. Number Question number nine, where can you find good to do? I know that sounds like a simple question, but where is one place today that you can find good to do? And question number 10, how do we balance between doing good and being taken advantage of? How do we balance between doing good and being taken advantage of? So answer these questions. I encourage you to write down, write down these questions, write down your answers and share them with someone else. Have a, have a discussion on doing good and, and being like our friend Jesus. And I think it will make a difference in your life. Thank you for being a part of the A Friend For You podcast today. Our goal is to bring as many as we can to our friend Jesus. I would also like to thank Alan for joining the podcast today. You're a great example to me of Jesus' generosity. I hope the Friend For You community will be able to hear a little of your heart. The heart of God is full of generosity, and He gave us Jesus. Jesus gave everything, even His life for us. If you are interested in getting more information on Haven of Hope or Love, Inc. or Operation Christmas Child, we encourage you to find the link uh, to their Facebook pages on our brand new A Friend for You Facebook page. One way that God shows his generosity is by allowing his words to be shared to others through podcasts like this one. I encourage you to think of three people who could use a friend and share this podcast with them. Together, we can share Jesus with a world full of people who desperately need some hope right now. Thanks for being a part of the Jesus movement that's really bigger than both of us.